This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. For most uh, Reformed Protestants, Anabaptists, some people would say, and probably others, it's considered to be um, oaths are, are to be avoided. That You wouldn't make an oath because, uh, and, and I think there's probably more than one explanation for this and probably a much better explanation for it than I can give you, but the belief is that um, it's, it's a form of idolatry right, wrong in the face of God to take an oath to anything other than to God. And this is the belief. And I believe that. I don't take oaths. The oath that I took at 17 uh, to swear to uh, uphold the the Constitution, I wouldn't take that oath today. I wouldn't do it on religious grounds. If I'm asked to swear to tell the truth, the whole truth— I say I affirm. I don't swear oaths. Uh, I did make an oath. You know, and interestingly, by the way, a lot of people have made that same oath to the Constitution. And I guess it means different things to different people. I think there was a reason for the oath. And the reasoning for that was to defend it in its literal sense, not some cockamamie new progressive idea of what might be better without understanding the impact of, of thousands of years of history that led up to it. That people want to just dismiss these basic human rights, inconvenient as they may be. Uh, for example, limits on the f- powers of the federal government. It was a fundamental premise of the forming of this government not to have a centralized government. It was a big argument, indeed, Uh, but at the end of the day, it was in favor of states' rights. That argument has been lost over and over again. Anyway, oaths, oaths to the national government, the national anthem. I don't know if you would say that the anthem is an oath in itself. Uh, I don't look at it that way, but it kind of falls in that same category. And I remember myself as a young man questioning why I was essentially being forced or coerced in school to stand there and make this allegiance to something that I didn't even fully know what it was. Talk about indoctrination. I was not happy about it, my liberal-minded self. And I largely feel the same way today. Uh, I'm not really sure that I completely agree with saying the Pledge of Allegiance in classrooms in the morning. I don't know. It's a little weird to me. I don't know. Call me weird. Well, there was a little story that came out. I guess somebody went out on social media, began asking people. And part of what spurred this, there's a restaurant in Southern California that plays the anthem every day at noon. Somehow part of the thing that this, uh, oh, I believe it's the um, Mission Barbecue. Or Mission Barbecue does something similar. Um, and so this has come under fire. People say, oh, it's a little weird. It's funny to me what, what uh, the media puts out as culturally weird. Because uh, trannies and, and all kinds of other very eccentric uh, lifestyles 
or being forced down people's throats that you have to accept it, but somehow saying the anthem, and that's just, whew. and and you know, of course, there's people there. I was triggered. <laughs> it reminded me of slavery. I was waiting for. I'm, I'm making all this up for effect, but <laughs> I mean, you got to make it a good story. That's how you do it, you know. Anyway, people from other countries, I find it a little bizarre. Okay, well, I mean, we find the way people live in other countries a little bizarre. So, touche, I don't know what to say. I don't know if it's the Mission Barbecue that brought this to light, but apparently Mission Barbecue does it, and they have some employees that have complained. I'm not surprised, and I don't think that I would be um, real in favor of uh, forcing employees to to, uh, pledge allegiance to the flag. Now, I can kind of understand Mission Barbecue doing it. It's kind of their whole theme. And I want to tell you, I don't know if I mentioned it before on the podcast, I have hanging in the studio, on display in the studio. I need to hang it. Uh, A great little thank you from Mission Barbecue. And they ask you there if you're a veteran, and you say yes. I don't know. You get some kind of super special treatment, and it's pretty cool. We've been there a few times, and um, I would definitely go back for the experience and the food. And I'm in a different stage in my life. I'm not questioning young people that are questioning the anthem. They should be questioning it. Ask yourselves why. Why are you saying this pledge? Ask yourself what else you could be saying a pledge to or not. You know, uh, I, I would just say you would think that there would be a shared vision of um, respect for the anthem. I don't know. It's not. It comes out uh, more as an attack these days. Don't you dare interrupt our drag show. Don't you dare stop me from taking children to a drag show. And don't you dare make them say a pledge allegiance to a flag. That's where we're at. Talk about a real switcheroo, huh? (laughs) Talk about a great reset. We went from the national anthem to, to, to tranny parades for kids in a matter of, what, 20 years since Obama? I don't know. Tell me he's not the one behind it. Anyway, I thought it was an interesting topic, the national anthem. Listen, I'll say this. I think you got to be a little bit respectful where you play it and, and, and under what settings. How's that? You know, I'm not, I'm not so sure that the national anthem... You know, for example, at a comedy show, would that be appropriate? No. I brought this up in different ways before. People don't put this together. I do. It's just like with the Black Lives Matter and the kneeling for the protest. Like, dude, I don't want this kind of stress coming with a football. I just want to watch a little football, throw down a few drinks, stuff my fat face, and, and, and complain about the referees for God's sake. I don't want to get sucked in on a Sunday afternoon to a whole save-the-planet debate of race, slavery, and climate change, for God's sake. It's not appropriate, among a million other things. So I would say to you the same in reverse. I don't know why I'm getting so worked up about it. I got a little head of steam there, didn't I? I got a little into the bit, I think. What do you want me to say? I put a little energy into the podcast. Um, I think you got to be a little careful where you play it. You know, the sporting events with the children there, I don't know. Um, 
I could. I'm. I'm. Op- I said this before with the kneeling for the. Then don't play it. Same thing. I don't tune in to watch the, the NFL. I don't watch it at all anymore. Uh, there's your indication of where things are going. Is their numbers can two years ago they were pissing on the flag, and now people are back by the millions. And then you wonder why things are falling apart. There's your answer. I rest my case. How's that? When you see people pulling away from it. I said it then. Don't play the anthem then. I never I never said that the, the, the Eagles have to be patriotic. I could really give a hoot, quite frankly. I just want to watch some football when I watch. Imagine this. Too. I want to watch, tune in to watch football. I want to watch football. Men assaulting other men violently. <laughs> Somehow, uh, it, it lets me release the aggression that I feel built up. I don't know, but I don't watch it anymore. I kind of—I've actually thought about this recently. I kind of miss the whole—the whole thing, you know, getting together with friends on Sunday to watch the game. We made chili and bread balls. Oh, I could tell you the good times. Margaritas—that's never good on Monday. When we were younger back then, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> These days, it's more like iced tea. <laughs> And maybe some light nachos, nothing too heavy. I got to get to bed early. And everybody leaves at halftime. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. What are you going to do? A uh, good couple of days here. I was working on uh, fine-tuning some of the lighting that I have outside. We rely, well, we rely on a mix. I was going to say we rely heavily on solar for our, our outdoor yard lighting needs, uh, but that's not really true. Uh, one of our security features, I have installed uh, four double-head floodlights on a single switch right outside our bedroom door. You hear a noise, boom. The, every, the whole perimeter of the house is lit up. But then there's some other areas on the property away from the house that aren't covered by those floodlights. And those are the gaps that I'm looking to fill. And we're doing that with solar. And uh, we've been doing some of that already, like the gates where you come onto our property. We have uh, motion-activated floodlights there. Well, here's the other thing. I think I was mentioning this to you. Uh, Just about done with this project, too. We've installed cameras so we've got the whole, uh, you can't, I'm like, this property's locked down tighter than Fort Knox at this point. We, uh, <clears throat> I really don't even want to go through all the steps. I can't give you this information. All I'm telling you is anybody has any bright ideas, you better come prepared, man. It's going to hurt. You breach, you breach this property, and uh, I'm going to tell you that it's not going to be long before you realize the error of your mistake. Oh boy, we're ready to go. But anyway, the cameras, I mean, the, the night color night vision is just phenomenal. Somebody comes to the door, I get an alert. This is not, and it's so inexpensive to add this. Um, now these things aren't super secure, which is why it's not really. Part of my my hardline security, by the way, all of my hardline. I don't know what that term is. I made that up, but what I would consider my my first line of defense is analog. Man, we're not relying on on Wi-Fi tied electronics for our security. Do you realize how vulnerable that stuff is in many ways? 
many, many ways, and it can be used against you, right? You got a camera, and you go out there and you know shoot somebody or whatever. Well, now you got camera footage. Better consider that, right? All these different things, consequences. Uh, anyway, I'm always happy to abide by the law, of course, and uh, I'd rather have the video going to have that record of it. And it gives my wife a peace of mind, especially because of the way our property and house is. We have, like, a lot of blind spots, and very helpful to have this uh, technology to help. But it's crazy to me. It really is cool talking to people through the doorbell. You've seen these things. It's not new, not really special at this point. Uh, but just the whole setup is really nice. And then combined with the lighting, um, also very effective. So there was that, and uh, if you remember me saying the other day I wasn't going to be too quick to go back to the gym locker room. Does anybody remember that story? I, I did like 50 pull-ups uh, the day before yesterday, band-assisted, just for the record. I can't do 50 pull-ups without help. And uh, it was part of the training for me. And um, holy crap, my tendons, like from, in, like from halfway up my hand – all the way through my shoulders, my chest, my back. I'm like in so much pain. I'm like, I think I overdid it a little bit. Maybe I stepped a little ahead of myself there. But uh, I can already feel just, you know, my shirts are getting tighter, my strength, my stamina. Uh, the pull-ups are just phenomenal for, for older men. I think it's got to be, a, you got to change your workouts. And I think the calisthenics is the way to go. I really do. Anyway, that's where we're at. Security, outdoor lighting, and hammering out pull-ups, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm not wearing a dress on weekends, I can tell you that, all right? I'm not taking my kid to drag shows. You know, we're out popping off rounds with our pellet gun. There's this, uh, this blackbird that comes in and sits on the fence right outside of the garage. And I'm like, it's coming. <laughs> I just haven't been able to get this thing loaded quick enough. It's like it smells that muzzle coming around. I'm like, it's going to come, and it's going to hurt when it does, you sucker. Sit there looking at me, yapping away, pooping on my fence post. I'm not going to put up with that. Anyway, we have axe throwing. My daughter loves these things. She wants a snake. She's a girly girl, but she's no girly girl, you know what I mean? No, she's a girly girl, but she doesn't mind getting dirty. How's that? Oof. I don't know if I like speaking that way about my daughter. Uh, she's a great kid. Let's just put it that way. We have a lot of fun outside. That's the point. A couple of stories came out about Jeffrey Epstein. You remember this guy, the pedo island guy? What the freak is this whole story? Does anybody know? I, this is, I, I can't really get into it. If you know me, you know that I can't really handle the pedophile stuff. It just... Um, Provokes me to a level of anger that uh, the only person that's happy about that is my cardiologist that keeps him in business. But for me, it's not good. My blood pressure goes up a good 20, 30 points just even thinking about it. And a scumbag like this, I would step on his throat and it wouldn't even phase me. It really would. That's how angry I get. It, it disgusts me what it brings out in myself. But I'm not kidding. And I know I'm not the only one. You know, you hear, maybe I'm like a prison vigilante. I'd be, you know what I mean? I'd be the one, if I was in prison, I would be the one helping them take care of the pedos. I really would. Jesus, listen to me. How do we get, how do we go from good Protestant to, to, to stepping on somebody's neck in a matter of where are we at? 15 minutes. I need, I need to set up an appointment with my therapist again. 
<laughs> What's going on? Well, let me tell you this story. Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, so, you know, he was the guy, if you don't know. You remember, everybody knows who Jeffrey Epstein is? He was the one that had this island. He was some kind of rich guy that nobody knew where he got the money. He was CIA. The guy's like money, but no no outward business. It's all a secret. Oh, I'll bet it is. Oh, he's a consultant to the rich and famous. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he is. I'm going to say some kind of intelligence plant. Who knows? But who know, And who knows how it turned into the young girl thing. But here's the part that comes out now. He was convicted. This is not conspiracy theory. This guy was a, a class A scumbag. And even after he was convicted, they're now showing all these people that met with him. And it's unfreaking believable. I wonder if down at the FBI, the CIA, wherever it is that, that plays these games, they're not sitting in the back rooms and it's like, hey, let, let's try let, Let's actually kill the guy and bring him back from the dead and see if people fall for it. How many people do you think would fall for it? Well, based on the number of people that were watching Jerry Springer, he's no longer around. They killed him off. Maybe he would be the one that they would bring back. He's probably CIA. He was in politics. I, oh, yeah, lawyer, CIA. Like, yeah, go do some crazy TV. We're going to bring back, like, the vaudeville. Maybe the whole vaudeville was, was, uh, was CIA back then, intelligence-driven. <laughs> I don't know. Jeffrey Epstein. How, how would you hang around with somebody that was convicted of pedophilia? That's my basic question. Could you do it? I couldn't do it. I would step on his filthy little neck. I, I couldn't be in the same room. There's no way. I couldn't allow myself to be in that position. I really wouldn't. I'd, I'd go to jail. But somehow, uh, influential, well-known people, ah, well, I had to meet with Jeffrey Epstein. People have no code, no honor, no dignity. It's a real shame. It really is. Here was a little story trying to explain why you wake up earlier as you get older. First thing I'm going to tell you, not everybody falls into that. That, that that situation. Have you noticed that? I'm going to say that the uh, age demographic of this podcast is, uh, you know, old, <laughs> older. We've got some young listeners. That's a fact. I'm a pretty hip dude. Young people relate to me, I think, in some ways, kind of. Maybe not. Anyway, uh, this made me think. I said, do I wake up earlier as I get older? And uh, interesting question. And that during the week, no. Um, I, I at times got up earlier than I do now. Uh, many uh, for quite a bit of time, actually. But I'm I'm usually up by about uh, between four thirty and quarter after five during the week. Now, when I was younger on the weekends, uh, I would tend to sleep in a little bit. Not always, uh, and I would also tend to nap on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday. I would grab a little nap. That napping habit grew to like about an hour, I would say, on the uh, on the weekends. But then, um, I don't know, probably around 40 or younger, uh, I cut out the nap time. <laughs> Most people wean off of that around kindergarten. It was me. It was about age 40. I stopped the naps. I gave up my whoobie. I, of course, I have it boxed up. Don't get crazy. Um, I stopped taking naps. Uh, now, these days, if I take a nap, 
uh, I took a nap today, ironically. Uh, that I just blame it on being physically exhausted from all the pull-ups I was doing. Not to mention the crazy arm workout I did at the gym. A little bit of overtraining. Not really. It's not really what you would say. Every time you say that, you hear people are, yeah, it's not overtraining. Then you have the other people, oh, you need to be very careful with overtraining. And they're going, oh, overdo it. Shut up. <laughs> Everybody. That's what I have to say. I'm doing just enough, just enough to push it really hard. Uh, I'm taking a couple days off, believe me, and let myself heal, increasing my protein, creatine, doing what I can to try and keep my uh, testosterone high. I think it's working. We'll see. We'll see in a couple more weeks if the if the work is paid off. Anyway, um, I don't take naps anymore. I cut the nap time. Get up about the same time during the week. Um, but I don't sleep in on the weekends the way I did when I was younger. Uh, the rare times I do sleep in to like 7 o'clock, and I say on Sundays, I don't know, in the summer, I'm up at 6 o'clock on Sundays. I don't really, you know, not always, not always. It's not an old true. But anyway, so I, I don't think it's, they're blaming it on like some kind of, as you get older, your, what is it called, your circadia or Acadia or that rhythm, your 24-hour rhythm. I'll tell you what I think messes us up here. I was thinking about this. Like, we have like 16-hour days going right now. 16 is a, it's a very long period of light. And in it, it, spring, it's very invigorating. You know, you get up and it's light. And, like, I, I'm at the point now where uh, as I get older, I need more sleep. Like, I'm going to bed when it's light out. I'm not making that up. I went to bed the other night. This happens at this time of year. The days are very long. and um, But then they get very short. And with that kind of comes this cycle of uh, emotional roller coaster, I think. You're just because, you know, once like December 15th hits and you're like, oh my God, when am I going to see the light of day again? You start to feel like you're on a submarine, for God's sake. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but, you know, you, you want that sunlight. I was talking to somebody about this the other day with the uh, tanning beds. Can you believe people? I'm like, yeah, me. I used to go to the tanning bed in February. I'm the, these days, I just go outside. I wait for a nice day. You know, if, the, if it, I just go out there as much as I can bear it just to get a little light on my skin. Certainly, nobody wants to use a tanning bed, but here you go through, you'll go from like February to April on a typical spring run. Not this year, though. I've got a good tan now. You go February to April, you won't see the sun. It'll be cloudy the whole time. You know, November to, to February, it's a dark for 22 hours a day. It's miserable, miserable here on the East Coast. Not really. Actually, a pretty nice place to live, I guess. Could be worse. Could be better. My son, he's out uh, north of Seattle, Joint Base McCord, Tacoma, Washington. His girlfriend. Got a place an hour south down in Seattle. Smart move on her part. Good for him. I'm really proud of them. Uh, they were in a bit of a pickle the way the whole thing shook out, but uh, they they got it done. I'm, I'm they, I was on the edge of my seat, a little concerned, but they they pulled it through. They're making some living smart. Smart kids. I'm really impressed. Um. Anyway, I was doing a little Google Street View tour of you know where she's living and his drive up to the base and it's it's pretty nice out there a nice area 
I don't know about I don't know much about the people out there or, or what it's like and it was interesting that you know the house styles are a little different look a lot like here really in all ways the temperature the weather um I don't know maybe I'll get to know it a little bit better a little a lot better senior scenery out there that's for sure uh, but I noticed that the way that the, the, the houses run very small lots uh, there along the water, I guess everybody wants to get a view of the water. And I was thinking about that, and enough for me, you know, sitting sitting behind a window looking out at the water, it's not really my thing. It's just not that it's a bad thing, don't get me wrong. I mean, it'd be great for your bedroom or, you know, way to wake up, you're in the shower and you look out over the water, it'd be great. Uh, but as far as like I'm living on like you know ten thousand quarter acre lot, uh, you know my driveway is shared with my neighbor. I've got you know a lawn that's the the size of a postage stamp. Now we lived in town. We moved from town to here, where we lived like I just described to you. But you had the benefits of being in town, and not that we did it a lot, but you literally could walk to everything: the post office, the library, to dining, to the food store. And um, like I said, we didn't do that a whole lot because we're lazy, but uh, you could. We did. We did it on a can going to go out. You want to have a couple of drinks. It's summer. And we enjoyed that. But out there, you're, you're, you're going to get the small lot. You're not getting any of those conveniences. You're just creating a different prison for yourself, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, for people that like to be in the outdoors, I guess to go out there and go hiking and you're out west, and I don't know. I guess I'm going to learn more about it. Anybody has anything to, anything to share? I'm all ears. I guess I better get ready. I guess I'm going to be going out there. That's going to be what the bottom line is. Here's uh, two tidbits for you. One-third of U.S. nurses plan to quit the profession, according to Reuters. Let me tell you something. Uh, nurses as a whole are about the whiniest, complainiest group of people you ever find on the planet. No disrespect to the great nurses out there, because I know there's quite a few. But you know what I'm talking about. <whistles> Talk about crank. And it is a thankless job, I have to say. But I'm going to say you could ask at any given time a third or more. I'm out of here. I'm quitting. There's a lot of professions like that. A lot of stress. You know, here's the biggest thing with the nurses I don't understand. This stinking 12-hour shifts. It kills them. It really does. Uh, and then I want to mention this. Arizona breaking ground on tiny homes for teachers. They're having such a teacher shortage, and they plan to solve it. They've built these tiny little homes. So it's like, you know, you got your kitchen constitutes like a two-burner stove, a small microwave, and a sink the size of a dishpan. And under counter refrigerator, and you got a fold out uh, mattress that folds down off the wall that doubles as your your living room area, and this whole thing is about as big as a sheet of plywood, slightly larger maybe. <clears throat> oh, and then the deluxe model comes with a loft. Don't worry. You know they put the oh the tiny oh it looks so cool. Yeah, it looks so cool on the video. It really does. It's really true. Let me ask you this: Is it me, or does anybody step back and look at this and say, "Yeah, let me go to let me go through school, let me go to college because I want to enter into this profession of teaching, and I'm going to be so strapped going into it that I'm going to live in that shoebox that the, that the government's going to provide in the meantime until I can get myself on my feet? This is progress. I don't know. I don't know what you call it.
I can't imagine any good teachers. Is that going to attract a high-quality teacher? Hey, Mom, I got I got the job I want. Really? Yeah. And it comes with a tiny house. <laughs> Rent-free. Yeah, no kidding. With a view of the water by any chance? No, you don't get that either. Uh, big story. The Republicans are talking tough on the debt limit. Well, golly. I'll be doggone. Somebody got a backbone. I hold on to my original theory. At the end of the day, they will be spending more. I'll be shocked if anything is roped in. Well, the Republicans want to have their say. Can you blame them? Yeah, they've got a good story. We'll see. I don't see Democrats playing along at all. Not at all. Will they shut down the government? Shut it down. They they were going to destroy the full faith and credit of the United States government. Good. Maybe it would have stopped in the madness. Destroy the credit. End it. One way or the other. Listen to the warnings. Elon Musk, Ray Dalio. I can't say this name. Some other big uh, name, Hindu, Indian, I believe. De-dollarization around the world. Kiplinger, five places to put cash rather than in the bank. Do you not see the flashing signals that are, that are, 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 are blinking right now? I don't think people are. Another bank collapses. No, not to worry. Not to worry. This happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, usually right before a recession. I don't know. I don't think it's coming. Republicans, of course, want a recession so they can offer, usher in the new Republican era. FISA reauthorizations. Does anybody remember the FISA warrants? And that's what they used to spy on Trump. So heavily abused. Puts us right in line with the Soviet Union. People in the Soviet Union have better civil liberties than we do here under this oppressive authoritarian government. Bipartisan in that regard, by the way. It continues on to this day. If you don't know what I'm talking about, these are warrants that are used to spy on people without warrants, basically, without the normal authorization, and huge amounts of information. That's what I wanted to mention. Listen to this. Uh, this was a report um, from a conservative blog um, that the, and I want to tell you what they said in here, that all this data, everything electronic is stored somewhere. Every email, text, there's this digital time machine and, um, questions now being raised. Why is that being done? And who has access to it? And if it, I, my question is, if it exists, why isn't it being used to, to bring certain things to justice very easily when it could be, in fact, right? Here's another case. Now you know why they're going after the Supreme Court uh, justices. Those people, their lives are in jeopardy. And there's a great uh, review here of a story that, uh, of a case that they're working on that is going to put a little bit of control over all this federal uh, agency overreach. And I wonder, 
If that's not why you see all this pressure, you don't think that the, the CIA and these other agencies either directly or indirectly have the ability to engage in PR firms and activities the same way? Right, that they can set up protests, especially for law enforcement. We already know that they mingle in. There was FBI plants in all these protests. They know it's going on. They have people in there. They're participating in it. You tell me where it's coming from. I don't know. It's all about big conspiracy theory. The country gets ripped apart by the day. The debt continues to go through the roof. And finally, people are starting to wake up and realize that all this money printing is a problem. We'll see. I've been preaching about it for five years. Nobody wanted to listen, and here we are. Maybe going forward, people will be wish that they did. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there in the meantime. Make it a great day.